This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome. This is the Agenda from Blood Red. I am Dan Austin. This is Joel Rabinowitz. We're from Liverpool.com. And we're going to talk about FSG today, Joel, uh, and Liverpool's transformation since 2010 when they took over because it's been nine years. First thing to note is... Just, just the scale of change. We'll come on to the intricacies in a little minute and what we want from owners, but to think we're Liverpool way on and off the pitch nine years ago and compare it to now is, is a staggering change, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've just started writing something about it now. So the first game when FSG took over was, in fact, it'll be nine years this Sunday uh, and we lost 2-0 at Goodison Park to Everton, who I think were also in a relegation zone at the time. But after that loss, Liverpool were 19th from the table. I think only separated from Wolves at the bottom on goal difference. Um, which Hodgson came out after the game and said that it was the best performance of the season and that we were a credit to the Premier League in the way we played. Um, And so, yeah, that was then nine years ago. And then this Sunday we'll go into Old Trafford, eight points clear, top of the league, European champions. It's, yeah, it's to say it's a transformation is an understatement, really. Uh, It's been complete revolution, not just on the pitch in terms of a squad and the players and a manager that we now have, but the entire infrastructure off it. We've got this new move to the new training ground. The main stand's obviously been completed. Financially, the club's in a completely different place to mm-hmm. what it was back then. Um, and as I'm sure we'll come on to, it's not been perfect so far, but I think overall, you've got to say they've done a really good job. So as Joel mentioned, not everything was perfect along the way. There are more de- details about the sorts of intricacies of what FSG got up to uh, on the Blood Red podcast, an hour-long video which went out yesterday. You can check that out on the channel and make sure to subscribe for more. But for now, we'll go over a couple of the things that maybe didn't work so well on what they show about FSG, Joel, because there was the ticket price walkout back in 2016-17. Uh, so FSG were thinking about putting the prices up at Anfield to £77 for regular match day tickets. Um, there have been a few other things. There was the issue with the trademark this summer, which thankfully was dropped in the end. I think over time, though, what they've demonstrated is an increased, if not perfect, and it probably never will be perfect, but an increased understanding of the supporter base and of the city. Um, because every owner of a football club these days essentially wants to make money. And we all have to understand that no one is going to be a benevolent custodian of a football club. And FSG are here at, in charge of Liverpool to make money off the back of it. But they've they've demonstrated a genuine effort to try and integrate themselves and to try and pull the club forward in a sort of cultural way as well and understand what what we want, even if it hasn't been perfect and they've definitely got some things wrong and and fairly recently as well. So they're by no means there with it. But it's nice that they're at least making that effort because if you compare them to, for example, the Glazers or something like that who make absolutely no effort, I don't think, to understand what Manchester United is about, then at least they they put that effort in even if it's not always necessarily in a successful uh, business way. Feels like they're at least willing to listen when they do get things wrong, like the ticket Mm walkout you mentioned. That was very quickly overturned soon afterwards when people reacted how they did. Um, And again... I think this is the thing with with most owners of most football clubs. Most of them aren't experts on football or English football or even the cities of the clubs that they own. But FSG at least seem to have put the people in place who do the jobs here, who seem to be getting things right and seem to have kind of given the power, I suppose, to people in the right places. So you obviously had Tony Barrett was a few years ago. They created that new position of supporter liaison officer. Mm -hmm. Peter Moore's obviously come in and... He's done, 
he seems to at least engage. You see, he's on social media. He talks to supporters. He's visible. You, you he's, know, you know, Peter Moore exists. You can if you say, say one about thing him. about him, yeah, yeah. And obviously, the way the actual structure of a club is working since they brought Klopp in, it's not just Klopp. Obviously, you've got Michael Edwards there. Mm-hmm. And from what you seem to hear, there's obviously people see probably John Henry as the face of FSG, but there's obviously. Tom Werner and Mike Gordon. I think it's Gordon, the one that Klopp has supposedly got quite a close personal relationship with, um, who supposedly speaks with Gordon on the phone every week with Michael Edwards. So it seems like they're not just kind of complete absentee owners who are just sitting in some office in Boston and just Mm -hmm. kind of let everyone over here get on with it. It seems like they are at least engaged and interested. Um, As I said, when they have got things wrong, there seems to be some sort of effort to kind of listen to people, I suppose, and, and act upon that. Definitely, um, and it's it's important as well. I think when we when we talk about FSG, to think about what what we actually want from the owners of our football clubs. Mm. Um, so that's been very topical in the news recently with the demise of of Berry and the difficulties that Bolton have been in, and loads of other football league clubs as well, as well as ones in the Premier League in the recent past, including us in 2010. Um, but also, it's it's a sort of it, it's always on the top of the news agenda because someone will be overtaken by an oil state or someone's up for sale. Newcastle are in the news every sort of month or so yeah. linked with someone from somewhere around the world who wants a stake in them and might actually won't let them go and so on and so forth. So it's as much as we like to pretend or we, we like to think of football at least as about the on-pitch stuff as much as possible. We can't ignore the industry aspect and by and large now football clubs are owned by states by sort of individual madcap businessmen Mm. or by hedge funds. We're owned by an American-owned hedge fund. And it seems that although we'd all absolutely adore the supporters to own the football club and there may politically in the near future be a world where um, supporters are automatically placed on a board, for example, with a... a, um, minor uh, stake in a club it's 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 not going to happen that Liverpool supporters are going to be able to pay £2 billion to buy Liverpool Football Club and own it 100% so that dream isn't realistic in terms of what we actually want then for Liverpool we probably couldn't realistically ask for much better than what we've got at the minute that can always change but the fact that they show a willingness to learn the fact that they seem to actually want to Make strides in the city as well in terms of bits and pieces of redevelopment around Anfield. They've they've done really good work with the LFC Foundation, even though it isn't necessarily publicised an awful lot. In comparison with PSG, Man City, United, different places like that, Newcastle too for for a British owner, we probably couldn't realistically ask for much more than we've got right now. Is that right? I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it definitely feels like they've got their head screwed on uh, in terms of like. They've obviously got the experience of doing it as well with another big sports franchise. Obviously, they own the Boston Red Sox. And I think as much as we are waiting nearly 30 years for a league title, I think theirs was, it was way more than, I think it was more than double that. They were waiting Mm -hmm. until they won the World Series uh, earlier this century. I think it was, I'm not sure exactly what year. But I think that experience of doing that at Boston successfully um, has at least given them, even if they don't have a knowledge of English football, the sort of, the business acumen, I suppose, of how to run an organisation properly um, from the top like that. Um, and I think if you look financially as well, Liverpool had over 200 million of debt when they took over. I think it was last year they announced or earlier this year for the previous season, a world record profit for any football club ever. So as much as fans 
sometimes. And I think it, it can be unfair, the accusations that they're kind of holding money back for themselves in terms of transfers and why don't we sign anyone this summer? I don't think that's the case. I think they've shown that when Klopp really wants a player like Virgil van Dijk, they'll pay a world record fee to get it. Um, but they are sensible. They don't throw money around kind of without a plan, I suppose. It, it all feels very measured and very long-term. Um, and that's why off the pitch as well as on it, we seem to be in such a healthy place right now. Um, and I think you make a good point there about kind of other clubs you see the trouble that United fans have with the Glazers and Newcastle and the various kind of, I suppose, moral questions with the City ownership and PSG. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any of that drama with them. Um, and they're not, like you said, an, an individual maverick who you're kind of worried about what their intentions are. They seem to be a group of kind of people who want the best genuinely for Liverpool in the city. And I think that comes across really in how they put themselves. Well, let's hope that the on and off the field success continues under FSG and Jürgen Klopp. Uh, for now, though, that's all at the time that me and Joel have got. Uh, check out liverpool.com, though, for more writing on FSG. We've got plenty going out today. It's really good, uh, and we hope that more people read it. So for now, thanks and all the best. Enjoy the rest of your day. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.